RadioArchives.com presents Necroscope, The Mobius Murders by Brian Lumley Read for you by Nick Santamaria Necroscope, The Mobius Murders is one of the many Robert Weinberg Presents audiobooks from RadioArchives.com Returning from Las Vegas and his adventure with Dead Eddie, the necroscope Harry Keogh experienced a disturbing, extraordinary thing. Most extraordinary even for the likes of Harry Keogh. The metaphysical Mobius Continuum was Harry's, or so he had always thought. The fact of its existence and the means of calling it into being, into use, belonged to him exclusively, at least among living men. For to be more precise, it also belonged to the man who had first discovered and used it, after he had died the brilliant German mathematician and astronomer August Ferdinand Mobius, whose name Harry had seen fit to bestow upon it, and who, for several years now, had used it to go elsewhere, probably exploring alien galaxies, and in addition there had been a brief period when the continuum belonged to at least one other, a mere child, but that is a tale already told. Yet now, in the space of a few moments that only seemed to pass in the otherwise timeless continuum, as the necroscope sped between Vegas and Edinburgh in silence, impenetrable darkness and utter weightlessness, now it appeared that someone else had discovered a means of invading Harry's domain. The vague figure that went hurtling momentarily across his path emitted a blue glow, the pure blue of a human being, which in itself wasn't bad, despite that Harry's being able to see it was a strange new experience. Had it been red, that would have been very bad. It would have indicated the presence of a dreadful creature in the Mobius Continuum, a vampire, and as such, a deadly foe. Perhaps Harry had not been aware of this ability, to be able to discern another's passage through the Continuum. He had known that he gave off a faint blue radiance in what to him was the more familiar region of this mathematical dimension, but except for his irregular visits to parallel but entirely separate Mobius time-streams, he had not realized he would be able to observe the presence of anyone else, at least not at a distance. And the reason for this was simply because the opportunity or contingency had never before arisen. But that aside, this interloper had been in a hurry. His or her headlong rush had managed to convey not only the impression of great haste, but also a pinwheeling and impotent flailing of spastic limbs, so that his panic flight had seemed entirely uncontrolled. And such was Harry's astonishment, the abrupt shock of this unheard-of invasion of his territory, that for a moment, where there were no moments except in his own mind, thrown into confusion by what he had seen, he simply continued along his way. And by the time, the merest blink of an eye, It had taken him to appreciate the fact of this unique occurrence. The anomaly had passed beyond his visual range and disappeared, a blue meteorite across the ultimate infinite void of the continuum. Also, and stranger still, there had been sound, a snuffling, a whimpering, a soft sobbing, as if the interloper had not been aware that in the continuum the softest whisper has volume, and even thoughts have weight that make them audible. As for the latter, however, the necroscope had heard nothing, though it now dawned on him that he had sensed, however briefly, a nerve-tingling rush of terror. For this strange traveler in what was an even stranger metaphysical medium, he or she had been totally terrified. Harry willed a change in direction, tried to match the path of the unknown other, went plunging after him or her, whomever. But no use. The unhappy, possibly helpless interloper had gone. 
and on the furthest rim of the necroscope's awareness he sensed the blue glow extinguished, a human life appearing to blink out as its owner departed from the continuum and returned to normal space-time. Then, on the off chance that he might be able to follow it to an earthly destination, the necroscope brought himself to an abrupt halt at coordinates calculated as being as close as possible to the location of the disappearance, where he also exited from the continuum to emerge into gray daylight and bitter winds that whipped at his clothing, somewhere over the drab North Sea, where in the near distance but far below the mist and rain-blurred outlines of an oil rig's legs reared their platform from a choppy ocean. Obviously Harry had miscalculated. He was either completely mistaken, or the unknown other had been bent on self-destruction suicide. Half a mile high but instantly falling, spinning face down in classical skydiver mode, the necroscope half-shuttered his eyes against the sting of damp rushing air and scanned what lay below him.